Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. Yes. Oh my goodness. We are here, team, to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. Yeah, here's to that. Yeah. If you uh, haven't already found us on the internet, you might learn that our handle is trustthejourney.today that will get you to our website where you can listen to this podcast. Uh, you can sign up to be a Patreon supporter, which will also get you to be a member of our Trust the Journey family where we expand our conversation and support each other through whatever kind of sharing we'd like to do in that space. As well as you can buy merchandise through our Amazon link, which is also at trustthejourney.today. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We're out there on the web. Come connect. Let's socialize. Let's be friends. <laughs> yes, let's be friends. Yes, right on, family. So let's dive into this one. Today we are checking in. We have crazy times. We are living through some wild new times in this world, and we've talked about it a couple of times already on the episodes before this one. Uh, so this one we were just wanting to just, you know, check in and See how we're doing. Yeah. It's a pretty strange period, I think, for all of us in our lives right now. Um, the world being in shutdown and kind of an indeterminate period of time following. And <clears throat> I really feel like there's a, a presence of mind in place right now that is um, self-assessing and that is reaching out to each other more than ever so in any other time before. What, is, what do so, you mean? Say more. Um, just, I don't want to guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know that you and I particularly, we live in a very virtual world. Meaning, when I say that, what I mean is we have friends and family spanning the globe and it's very common to reach out to each other via the internet or some other electronic medium uh, in some way to socialize, to connect, mm -hmm. to check in with our friends and family through some means of communicating that is not one-on-one -on -one in person, right. actually sharing time and space together. And I think that that's not always the case you know, that's not how we generally default. That is not our modus operandi for how we connect. And that is what is happening now. That's kind of changing, that there is this forced scenario where the way that we interact, the primary way is to reach out electronically, digitally. And even when we do see people in a face-to-face -face setting in a normal what has been the default way of connecting for so long for entire existence of our species yeah right yeah is now there's now this like space barrier that's never existed before where yeah. you it's default ever since we've been alive or since we've known of ourselves mm -hmm. to exist to handshake to hug mm -hmm. to touch each other and embrace and so here we are in a completely different state of being. 
Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I, I mean, it's still so hard to wrap my brain around it. What's I think sticks out to me is that I'm having an experience, me just, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, my individual self. And I'm imagining that a lot of other people are having a similar emotionally up and down experience right and so my empathetic part the empathetic part of me that recognizes that as a beautiful opportunity to help someone else that is motivating to me to reach out to other people more too you know what i mean to go like if i can ease somebody's fear today a little bit if i can make somebody laugh a little bit today if and obviously it benefits it's a win-win entirely so if i'm a part of that exchange it benefits me of course um but really for me a, a lot of that is driven by an empathetic i hope my friends are not having a hard day i want to check in on them which is sort of what we're doing today with us, which I think is beautiful and wonderful, is like, how we doing? We Are we okay? Are we good? Let's let's talk and let's check in and make each other feel seen and heard. And, and that is a beautiful act of love, period. I think it's, you know, when I've experienced so far from my friends group that I've been in touch with, family members, friends, chosen family, that reach out and check in. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Everybody's pretty much going, yeah, I'm okay, but. <laughs> yeah, it's up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not an easy ride for everybody regardless. You know, even if the simplest description is, yeah, I've been home on the couch, chilling, enjoying a comfortable life, but I don't feel any special threat, you know, especially threatened in my circumstance, it's still a change mm -hmm. that's being forced. And that is something that a lot of us are not so familiar with. And that that experience is causing an emotional journey. You yeah. know, when we're forced to spend time with ourselves, forced to spend time in our own thoughts, when we use up the Netflix playlist and we use up, you know, the things that usually fill our attention over a three-day weekend. We're now in six days or two weeks or three weeks or however long it might have been. And our regular default distraction systems are no longer taking over that short period of time. And the period of time is extending beyond what our usual distractions are. Our mind and our subconscious and all the things start to creep into the foreground. So I think that the awareness that's coming into play for everybody is a little more self-awareness than we're used to. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I say that deliberately, of course, because of the... <laughs> <laughs> <You're> a... <laughs> Mal's like, 
Good. Live with it. Like Check Jaco. yourself in the mirror. Yeah. It's like Jocko, right? Getting some more self awareness. Good. 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 <laughs> Can't exercise at your gym. Good. Good. You know, <laughs> have to figure out new ways of living. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I say I say good because. What a growth opportunity. <laughs> We're all in it. And for anyone who's been in any growth opportunities, we know they fucking suck. They're hard. <laughs> you know, like that's it. I mean, how basic can we go? I'm taking my necklace off because it's hitting the desk and I don't want to bother our listeners with metal on glass audio. Clanging. Here you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> There's my necklace. <laughs> yeah. The whole growth, like forced growth, it's the, what was the quote I read the other day? It was like, the world is currently grounded. Yeah. Not not grounded like, oh, I'm so in touch with myself, but grounded like, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're grounded. Go deal with it for a little while. Go be in, go sit in your mess and All see right. how you like it. Hold okay, on you're one so, second. okay, Look if you're not this. watching YouTube right now, you're missing out. <laughs> I'm like, I need help. This is a good example of what's happening in life. <laughs> I'm just going to let Melanie untangle herself right now. <laughs> is, and th- what's so hilarious, this is one of my favorite jokes, is living in a world where I still have headphones that have cords, and then I have to untangle them. <laughs> and then I post it on the internet, and all my friends try to help me, and I never take their advice. Terrible. All right, hang on. Give me two seconds. Go I'm gonna unplug. T- take take it out. Hold on. Fix. I gotta fix it. <laughs> do 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 I yeah. did it. That was quick. Yeah. Cool. For anybody who's listening right now, we're obviously been at home for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it's good for people to have that self-reflective experience. It's funny. When I think about my uh, my time in Vermont when I was isolated and I felt so lonely, I, I feel like I had a really unique experience of isolation that was self-created even though it was agonizing and painful for, you know, the reasons I was there and healing and all of those things. But I feel like it's it's it was way worse than this. I'll tell you that for me emotionally, Um, even though even though like, again, today I'm having a strong day. I'm not saying tomorrow won't be a tougher day. Right. Because what I've been feeling is this real tone like an uh, uh, the tone of fear of the because of the uncertainty and the everything around you know the COVID nineteen stuff. That tone of fear is what what I keep doing is I keep accidentally going, I using too much energy. I keep accidentally using too much of my bandwidth that I no longer have because I'm managing that tone of fear, right? And so if I use too much, then I end up having a little bit of a crash where I need to sleep more, where I maybe feel depressed, right? We talked about this last time. but So I've done a pretty good job of not taking on more 
than I can handle without crashing, even though I'm still working hard, which I'm so wildly grateful for. So there's a lot of complexity to my sharing of that. Um, but going back to the isolation thing in that feeling of, of loneliness or being with ourselves, that was one of the most valuable breakthroughs I've ever had, even though I want people around me. You know, like we talk love languages, I'm physical touch. Like I, I love hugs and being with people physically. And so, yeah, I mean, there again, there's lots of complexity here. Uh, but so being aware of those things helps me manage this experience so much more. So if you haven't yet had an experience or breakthrough around what you need in this type of sort of isolation or loneliness or just challenge broadly, then this is great for you to be starting to open that awareness up. And I really believe that. I don't just say it to be positive. Um, <clears throat> I kind of left me thinking for a minute there. I didn't it's really okay. have a clear response on how I would come back with that. I really would pr process that. Yeah, Take yeah. that in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> As with everything I've, right now. Yeah. I've been feeling like I'm pretty good at being alone, right? I like being alone. It's one of the things I actually cherish and require is large amounts of time alone away from lots of other people. I find in general spending time around people, unless it's particularly my even my well my friends that I am deeply connected with I find it much easier to spend larger periods of times and I crave that connection but in general I find myself to be more introverted and the time spent with others is something I'm doing and therefore it expends energy and therefore I find myself in need of a, a recharge or time of energy I'm you know, recollecting my energy on my own so this whole practice of being alone thing it's it's fairly no problem right what is really different is crossing paths with people again and how i feel when i find myself in spaces with others and there's a strange kind of duality going on where you know like yesterday i needed to go out to the store and I needed to pick up a couple things. And it was really simple. I'm like, okay, I'll just run in and I'll get a couple things. And of course, social distancing is in play everywhere. And the stores have put up like um, cough guards across like the cashier. Good. Cool. Oh, big, big dog just went by my window. Oh, my. Um, yeah. <laughs> have a visitor. So, um, yeah, they put on these big cough sneeze guards, you know, so that the um, people work in there have a little barrier of protection um, because there's no control of like who's wearing a mask and right. who's not and who knows if they're sick or not. And so there's this general presence of that I, this is my experience alone, that I'm feeling this emotional experience. As I approach this social space, I know there's going to be other humans in there and I don't know the way people are acting and I don't know their responsibility level and how much attention they're putting towards something or not. And I can't, I don't have any control over that. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So I have to release control over what anybody else is doing. And I have to only take control or try and have some awareness. I'm not going to use the word control because that's an illusion. Right. But at least I can have an awareness sure. of what things I am or I'm not doing that are going to cause me more or less risk in relationship to the other things that are around me. And it still made me feel very guarded. I felt very challenged by not knowing how, what are, what are the circumstances I'm in? I have no idea of the risk level that I'm proposing, you know, exposing myself to. Right. Did somebody who just has this virus come and cough on their hand and then pick up something that I just about to pick up? Am I now mm -hmm. going to, you know, expose myself to that risk? And, um, Simple of simple as a, something as I was in an aisle, I was looking for something I needed. Somebody in the next aisle, I heard them coughing and hacking. Oh my god! Right, and so all of a sudden, there's this, you know, like yeah. the fear inside of me wells up because who knows why they're coughing? Maybe they just sucked in some dust from something that was on the shelf. Yeah. Right. Maybe they're totally sick and they're spreading it. There's like there's either end of the spectrum. Totally. Right? Like, totally nothing wrong. They just got some dust on their airway totally sick and they could infect everybody in the store mm -hmm. right like the whole spectrum and so in the meantime this whole story that i'm telling myself is like ping ponging ping ponging all around you know yeah. and this management of my own fear is exactly what you were talking about earlier you know i'm like okay first of all they're in the other aisle i don't need to feel like they're coughing particulate on me mm -hmm. maybe there's some airborne but there should be plenty of space i shouldn't have to worry but i've still had the fear response definitely right the, the fear spike that went ping and hit the top of the chart as soon as i heard somebody cough or mm -hmm. somebody sneeze you know it, it it escalates in our own experience even if the risk isn't present so what i'm come to observe is that while i'm at home spending time on my own working on projects like this mm -hmm. working on other things that i do in my garage i'm making music i'm working in the yard i'm doing whatever i'm doing my fear response the mediated curve of like what's the wave of like high level of fear low level of fear it's not too bad right mm -hmm. it goes up and down i got little waves that say some days i'm not even worried about it at all i'm just like yeah i'm good i'm not sick I'm happy. I have enough money in the bank, food in the cupboard, toilet paper on the shelf, yep. whatever. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about, right? Just let it pass. Other moments, I'm like, oh, maybe somebody I love is going to get sick and I'm going to lose somebody I care about. There's this wave of fear. Yep. But it's completely different when I leave the house and I go into a social setting and now I'm forced to deal with the outside world. You know, and I think this is something I wanted to kind of check in with everybody, with our listenership, to kind of think about how our life experience is changing in that way. Because you can see, I'm sure that some of us are living the life at home right now in quarantine, on lockdown, or just away from everybody, social distancing. And some of us are out there working. Mm -hmm. because we're there we they are the ones who are responsible for yeah. fulfilling the things that society needs right now you know exactly so we're i wanted to be a little compassionate towards 
both sides of that story to the emotional experience because I could see a cash register, uh, a, a clerk at, at the cash at the store, and I could tell how apprehensive she was. Right. I could see how she's just like, uh, uh, like every person who comes in, she's just going through these waves of fear. Like, is this the person who's going to make me sick? I'm kind of old. If I get exposed, I'm going to. And I could see the waves of fear on her face and how everything that she had to touch and everything and just. Oh, my heart went out to her, you know, yeah, because I'm sure. like, I'm I'm here for 10 minutes and I'm going home and she's there all day long. Exactly. You know? I can so. only imagine what that experience is like. Man, I went to the supermarket yesterday and I don't take that type of decision lightly in this in this environment. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't think you are. My my point is, I just want people to know that that's where I am with that. I, so I do try to get, you know, it's not like a hoarding situation or anything. I, I don't like to usually go to the supermarket regularly. So my regular mode of buying things at the supermarket is I buy multiples so that I don't have to go back for a while. Like, that's just how I roll. And uh, it's a amount of time you have to spend going to the store. And back yeah, and I don't, I don't like, um, yeah, store. I'm not a yeah. fan of going to the store. I, I'm, I don't mind when I'm there, but I don't like to. I don't like that to take my time regularly if I can avoid it. Um, so I went yesterday. The first time we went, and this was a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, or I can't even remember. Time blurs a bit. Uh, Sarah and I went together, and she went in in the full gear, and I stayed in the car and drove, and and we did the thing. And anyway, this time, I went by myself, and I went in with the full gear, like gloves, mask, like the whole nine yards. So it was hat. I got home. I washed everything immediately. I washed all the things that I got from the store. So like really full-on trying to be super vigilant about what I both – just in case, obviously not contracting it if I can, but what was, and obviously not spreading it if I, for some reason, have it asymptomatically, um, but also then not getting it from the things I bring into my home. So doing all that stuff. Um, what was interesting to me about the experience in the store is that I feel like it made more sense the last time to see people without masks and to see people just sort of nonchalantly walking around. But there were a lot of people in that store still nonchalantly walking around. Tons of people without masks, tons of people not clearly not caring about social distance, some people with masks and some people with that vigilance. Um, but for the most part, it was the tone was more relaxed than I would have guessed it would have been in New Jersey. So I don't know if that's from a like, fuck the world. <laughs> I'll do, I do what I want no matter what. I, I don't know what that, what that represents. Um, it's disconcerting, though, to see that. I found that to be one of the more challenging things is that's what I was talking about, about the not having any control over anybody's way of approaching anything and yeah. you not being able to have any influence at all so the only thing you can influence is our own behavior you know and yeah. how we choose to act or react and, and then i mean there's a certain amount of 
choice that we have to say, okay, well, you know, you're going to put on a hazmat suit, you know, head to toe and go in like, you know, you're an astronaut or you're like, okay, I'll put on a mask. It's an N95 mask that's going to protect me in case I, you know, there's something that the the most obvious ways. So there's all these different levels, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's up to each of us to choose where we feel comfortable. And there is, I mean, there's, we can educate ourselves to understand what risk levels we expose ourselves to and whether we are going home to explode, expose more people in a family or we're going home to a, a household where it's just us and there's not a continued level exposure. So, you know, it's not for us to judge anybody else either on their choices about how they do it. It's only for us to decide how we choose to m- mitigate our own risk level and what that means to us and those around us. Yeah, 100%. That, agreed. Yeah. It's important that we have to think about when we have people around us. You know, if we have other family members, that's really where the choices that we make become not our own. We're making choices for other people when yeah. we choose actions that are going to have impact or effect on other people. I think that's a big thing to think about. Yeah, and that's how I feel going into a public place too. Even uh, you know, I mentioned the other day running and or you know going for a walk and seeing people and doing the six foot berth for them for myself. Sure. Um, yeah, the supermarket's fascinating. How that becomes this sort of curious. It's. I mean, the word battleground is not the right word, but it's this you know sort of. It's a fascinating thing where an energy like that normally would not exist there. And again, battleground is not the right word because it's not, doesn't feel like that to me, but it's more like this elevated intensity that doesn't. There's a tension in the air, right? Yeah, like that doesn't fit the environment. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like taking, uh, you know, our skills to manage fear and high intensity environments. And bringing it's it really to me truly parallels skydiving in a lot of ways in the sense that we can't control how people choose to behave and act and make decisions in the sport either. You know, there's certain levels of leadership and influence and all that good stuff. And we primarily are in control of ourselves. And the decisions we make, the, the situations we put ourselves in, how we behave in those situations, how we choose to lead by example or not, uh, et cetera, right? And so I feel like the supermarket, as weird as that sounds, is another environment like that where what can I do? I can choose to enter that environment at all, my choice, what I can, quote, control. I can choose to show up looking like uh, you know, uh, whatever I looked like yesterday, full gear, and, you know, be the person who sticks out more than the rest and be okay with that because that's where I feel I'm being best of service to the collective and to to myself and my my family. But, yeah, anyway, just interesting how an environment that normally isn't intense now is. It is very interesting to observe because there's not generally a stress associated with something like going to the grocery store Correct. or filling up your car with gas at the gas station. You know, like these are generally non-stress, just general facts of life. 
And it's very interesting to observe the change in the social dynamic, the behavior of everybody and how being knocked off of the comfort zone is it's good in a lot of ways. You know, I will be the first one as an American living in America to say America needs to be knocked out of its comfort zone. You know, I'm totally comfortable with that idea. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that idea too. Yeah. Go team. Yeah. (laughs) It's a a artificial reality that a lot of us have been living within for a very long time. And the thing about reality is it's a system of balance. We'll always self-regulate it. We'll always self-balance. Right. So in some ways... You can expect that when things seem out of whack, you're like, don't worry, it'll change, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like we needed it. Yeah. Even if we thought we weren't way over here, we were. And so now we're penduluming and yeah. I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (sighs) I totally had a thought that just left my brain. That's evidence of where I am too. Yeah, I've been noticing I, that happening to me a bit as well. I've noticed that my bandwidth has narrowed a little bit. That what I found that normally I might have the ability to manage however many tasks per day or per week or whatever, that I feel like my days feel shorter. Yes. As as a general kind of awareness, like how many things I can do in a day before I'm tired. Exactly and I right. For can't me, that's anymore. I completely yeah. with you on that. Yeah, I think that's due to ha- it's like a heightened sense of awareness, and I guess I could relate it to um, when I've spent time in nature in environments that are very challenging. They require you to be on your toes because if you make a mistake, you'll likely get injured. If you get injured, you could die. So. There's a heightened state of awareness that's required to exist in those environments. And I feel like our just being at home, our environment has changed. Like our home yes. environment is no longer just as relaxed as it normally is. Totally. Yeah, totally. It's uh, one thing I said to a friend the, the other day or yesterday or whatever uh, was I'm noticing new, not new things, but I'm using things at home that help me extend extend my bandwidth. So on top of, of course, just rigorous, straight up self-care, like resting when I need to, stuff like that, eating healthy, uh, moving, et cetera, getting into nature as much as possible, which again could be just going for a walk. But for example, I have an office. This is where I record the podcast. I'm in my office. And I work, I work hard in this room. And so some days when I wake up and I feel like I, ha- I don't have maybe video calls, which is rare now, right? Uh, my bedroom, I have this really cozy, comfy, amazing little nook in the corner with an awesome chair and a stool and this beautiful warm light and side table with like it's just this glorious little space that I love to be in. It is a comforting space. So sometimes when I'm sort of struggling, I'll work from that corner. 
So instead of going to my office where I may be feeling like it's too intense for me, even in my own home, like I can't, I can't handle my office energy today. I, I will work from that comfy chair. You know, I'll whack up, you know, my iPad and maybe have a show going on if I can, if it's, if I'm doing stuff that day that allows my brain to have that t- type of uh, bit of candy alongside the productivity. Not every task allows that or everything that I do allows that. But yeah, that's just something I've noticed that I'm doing more intentionally that if I need it, instead of spending, like really taking a day off, I try to still make progress by cutting myself slack where I can. And I think it shows up certainly in people wearing pajamas, us not doing our hair, like all that shit that's great. You know, that I think helps some people when they need a break, just as equally it helps some people to do their hair and makeup some days. You know, so I think it just, it's who knows, it's all over the map. Yeah, I'm definitely on that side of the fence where even though I'm not leaving the house, I still have to get up and follow my routine to like get my run or my walk and get my shower, fix my hair, shave, like do the things that I would do to make myself feel good about myself, be presentable, look and feel the way I want to look and feel. Even though I may see nobody that day except for myself in the mirror as I walk past, you know, like that effort to sustain those positive habits i find them to be very structural you know that that discipline and structure are the things that i'm relying upon in order to keep my headspace in a very positive state um that's something i've become very aware of over the last number of years and i'm sure that i've talked about it numerous times uh and it's interesting for me to observe the things that throw it off balance and that when I see my um, my discipline or my structure waver, how it affects me as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I had a very busy couple of weeks about a month ago and followed that up by getting the flu and was completely off my schedule. Like everything that I normally do out the window exercise routine gone sleeping hours all over the map you know what i do to take care of myself is just off to the side and you got to do what you got to do at the time but i have found it very challenging to get back into my routine of structure and discipline in the areas where i hold it which allow me freedom and choice in the areas where i'd like like it to stay um that self-observation as of late is something I've seen coming up over and over again over the last number of years. And I'll just share this little reflection that's come to mind for me is it's really frustrating. Um, you know, I grew up a an angry kid. I was a rebellious kid. I had a lot of things in my life that caused me to want to be like, fuck you world, fuck you life, <laughs> you know, just being a rebel because I was angry because I got handed some really bad hands of cards, you know, like my deal was crap a couple of times. And so being a kid, the easiest way to respond to that, especially, you know, me, a young pissed off boy, anger was an easy default. And so being a rebel without a cause type of kid, I was very 
uh, reckless and very careless and just aggressive and behaviors that nowadays when I look at these behaviors and I see these behaviors in other people or in myself, I'm like, oh my God, these behaviors are pathetic, right? <laughs> they're, they're terrible, right? They're the kind of behaviors that are just like, they do not serve any value in growth, but they are expressive of some emotion that's needing to be expressed, sure. right? And the irony is that to get these emotions under control so that they're not just randomly expressing themselves whenever, because we all know that when our emotions just burst out, they basically take over whatever we're doing, right? Our whole life is just taken over by some emotional expression. For sure. Well, to get these things to be at a much less of a... Um, impactful or um what's the well, there's a word i was trying to think of it i just totally missed my mind um the, the amplitude it's nice. amplitude right so yeah. when the amplitude of those expressions if we want that to be in in a much more controlled manner so that it's manageable we need systems to keep them in check right and the irony, and it's a frustrating irony because I'm almost 50 years old now, right? And I am still getting to grips with this stuff. Is so that annoying. It's Hate freaking that. annoying, right? Ugh, Fre- just like, oh my damn God. it. How can I just be figuring this out for the hundredth time when I'm like definitely at like a halfway point through my life? I know. You know? Um, discipline and structure are the key to freedom and choice when the whole time as a rebel you're like no the key to freedom is saying fuck you to structure and fuck you to discipline and ignore all the stuff that like you know schools put in place military institutions hold in high regard martial arts or any you know um systems of like high skill Mm -hmm. high level sport um religions you know all the things that like that are that are the FU to to structure when you're a rebel are actually the key to like that peace of and quiet and well-being and centeredness and quietness of mind and freedom of those ping-ponging pinball kinds of exper- emotional experiences that are those those suck they suck they're hard to deal with Yeah. Well, and you've got the other side of that coin, too, where I would imagine those people who, and I could be wrong, I I don't feel like this is how I live my life currently. Uh, Maybe formerly in my younger years when I was much more unconscious, I was much more of a quote-unquote control freak where I would have not necessarily tons of structure, but I would, you know, I think a lot of people go through that experience of of being or feeling like, oh, I'm a recovering control freak. With whether you have that in the frame of I'm intentional and I like to use my time for certain things or whatever. Like there's lots of different ways you can phrase it. But the reason I bring that up is that I would guess that people who are just now awakening to their white knuckles on things their strong grips on things, their need or feeling like they need to control 
just things, the way things go. The whether I can go to, you know, I I think of my niece. She's missing an entire semester of her college experience. I feel bad for her, you know, like that bums me out for her that she's missing an experience like that. And that's my lower level thinking, right? So like whatever my, again, that specific example, but like someone, and that's really more just an example of if someone's in an experience where they're like stuck on, I wish it were another way, that's that's a place we can look to transform that control and practice surrender and acceptance. It is not easy. It is easy for me to sit here in front of the microphone, talking to my friend Jay, talking to you guys, and say that. In practice, it can feel so much more emotionally difficult, and it requires iteration after iteration after iteration in my experience to truly get quote unquote good, whatever that means, at accepting what is, surrendering to what is, and having that simply mean we continue in a different way toward whatever our goal is, or we grieve the loss of something we can't get back. You know what I mean? So for all the kids that aren't going to be going back to school, there might be that processing of I really wish it were different you know and if you you know what I'm saying like we can't live that school year again so that's sort of a thing that theoretically would be in the loss category right where if we focus on loss I mean if we need to grieve then absolutely grieve and then practicing that emotional skill of I accept this. I wouldn't choose it. I accept it. I surrender to this reality. Now what can I do positively with this new reality? And then re-engage sort of in a positive way. That practice is critical to my emotional well-being because life comically almost never delivers us what we actually want. Also, one last point (laughs) is that In the space where we are delivered things that we don't want, almost always in every bit of my life experience, I have found some of the greatest things in my entire life in those resistant spaces where I originally didn't want them, but I found some of the greatest gifts in my life in those times. Hear, hear. Amen. I cannot... um agree with that point more wholeheartedly than the true to 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 just comment that the greatest values are often realized in the places of the most hardship totally right? so annoying it's so annoying <laughs> yeah if you God really want it, universe yeah it is the the monk on the mountaintop scenario right like the reason the monk lives on the mountaintop is not because it's easy right right, right. it's because it's hard right it's because it's the place where there you have to work harder for everything and everything is more challenging but it's where the true value lies is in those experiences i have to pull up a um a personal um analogy to skydiving for our audience the skydives or for those who are listening who appreciate the my analogies the I was listening to your description there and I couldn't help but think about how the wind 
and or the weather are this uncontrollable element that we just don't get a say in, right? We do not get to have a say. That is just what it is. We live in this atmosphere. We live in this environment and we just deal with it. And there are those of us who will, oh, this wind or oh, this weather, ah, and like give some opinion about the environment or the atmosphere that observes it in a negative context. Right. right? And then there's those of us who look at the atmosphere, who look at the environment, who look at the condition, who look at the circumstances and go, wow, what an opportunity. <laughs> so right? totally. It is. And I know from my years and years of competition, which were always in some kind of atmosphere, there was some element of environment occurring and it's always occurring. And there's nothing you can do to change it. You're just going to have to go and do what you're trying to do regardless, right? So my goal was to get out of a plane, open a parachute, fly a particular pattern flight plan through the sky that's going to get me to a particular spot, which is going to allow me to then execute a maneuver, which is going to then get me through a course or land me on a target or whatever the final goal is going to be. But the big thing is between getting out of the plane and getting to whatever that final target is, you have to move through the atmosphere. You have to move through whatever that environment is, and it is changing, and it is dynamic. And sometimes it is really, really difficult, and the winds are super strong, or there's lots of clouds, or it's a very dynamic, changing environment. And other times, it is perfectly calm and serene yeah and there is nothing but you right when there's not a breath of wind and there's no thermals and it is just like as green as a golf course perfection it's entirely your performance and your opinion and your attitude and your skills and all the discipline and all the things that show your ability to execute yeah what's also reflected is when that environment becomes more and more and more challenging to the point where it is at its most challenging possible, it's at its most extreme, it is also only you and your skills and your discipline and your practice and your ability to look at that as an opportunity, which are going to then result in the final outcome being a relationship to the way that you approached it. And when I say you, I say me. Speaking about myself here, the way that I choose to approach that situation is what's going to deem the outcome of it all. So I feel like that was a beautiful analogy to this wave, this atmosphere, this experience that we're all living within. It so is. Because we can try and fight it, right? And we can try and be like, ah, you know, like standing out there and bitching about the weather doesn't make it stop raining. Yeah, I feel like it's a really useful parallel. The reason I say that is because we're in an unknown. How can we make it parallel in our minds that gives us some sense of, oh, I I know how to do this versus like, I don't know how to fucking do this, right? Because 
that that unknown piece can be, I think, the most daunting part of it is we've never had this experience before, a.k.a. we have zero skills to deal with it, right? Which I would push back on and go, okay, yeah, of course, we have translatable skills, of course. And so I love that you just made that parallel of something, at least for our listeners or the skydivers in our community, can really use something they have a lot of experience with and go, how does this apply to me today? You know, what what did we do on, you know, a weather day? <laughs> you know, when we could jump, we went to the go-kart park or we went to rollerblade or we went to watch a movie or something, right? But there was some alternate choice that was made that wasn't bad. You know I what I mean? Yeah, and it's also really, really relevant. Really, really, <laughs> well, How really, you doing, Jay? I'm I'm okay. I'm fine. Trust me. I'm okay. Um, I'm good. I'm it's good, also sir. really relevant is when we start to recognize our dependencies, right? So I am putting my hand up really high here to say I was very, very dependent upon skydiving as a coping mechanism for dealing with all the stuff inside of my head and my heart that I had been burying my entire life because I had a coping mechanism that was called skydiving, right? And now that that coping mechanism has been taken away and I have to now find other systems to either replace that or to actually deal with the underlying problems. And that's the analogy I'm talking about in one of our previous episodes about cleaning out the junk drawer do I actually start dealing with some of these underlying issues or do I just leave that pile of junk there and find something else to distract myself with in the meantime? Oof, right? Love it. Oh, oh, because it's tough. Right. But I, I think that's such a beautiful, badass opportunity right now is if I mean, and again, people may not have this capability and that's OK. But gosh, if you have the ability to work with a professional and just do some do some work you know get because it might help balance it might help balance the emotional charge that you feel right now you know i mean goodness i've shared about this a lot but in my writing i don't know how much i've shared about it in the podcast but when i was in bringing back the vermont story when i lived in vermont and was again feeling so challenged I worked with a therapist and her name was Carol and I just love her so much. She's like an angel in my life. And uh, it just helped if we talk about structural grounding in a time where we have very little, that could very much be a thing. There's lots of remote uh, therapeutic help. You know, there's a lot of that available now. Um, I have not personally used a remote therapist, but I, but Jay has great and other friends have, and I've heard only great things about it. Um, I really couldn't recommend more getting with professionals if you can and using that opportunity to, yes, get support, but really to have transformational breakthroughs around your own healing and stories that may or may not be serving you. I just, uh, I, that like at its base is just something I want to promote. 
I'll definitely um, happy to um, support and uh, share. I've been seeing a online therapist for about a year, a little over a year now. And I use online therapy for um, about, I think they're like one hour sessions about every two weeks. And the great thing about it is it costs a fraction of what it costs to go into an office. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do the driving to go see somebody so that it doesn't take my time and money. Um, So it's very economical. And here's the reality about this is that for years, I prioritized my own mental health by using my money, available, mm-hmm. my available funds to purchase skydives or to go on trips yep. or to buy booze or to whatever I spent my money on to satiate myself from the things that were in my junk drawer that were bothering me. And a while ago, I made the choice to say, you know what? I'm not going to stop spending my money on beer every week to drown myself in my sorrows. And I'm going to spend my money on a therapist to dig out this drawer and shake out all the junk and figure it out. And I can't recommend enough the online therapy because you get to choose from hundreds of therapists. You get to find one that suits your needs, that lines up with the things that you know are challenges for you. And if you don't like the person that you're working with, you can change very quickly. So I'll happily send a recommendation out. There's one online that I use is called betterhelp.com. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get a hold of and it's very cost effective. And I meet with my therapist this Friday and I am very much looking forward to it because <laughs> I always feel better afterwards. Yeah. It's one of those things like yoga. I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of, gosh, here we go. And then after I'm done, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. I, I feel much better for having done that. Just totally. like going running or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Team, keep in mind that you are unlikely to feel psyched at the idea of this. <laughs> I don't know about, about. Uh, I mean, I totally echo it in the sense that now I have the awareness and the experience that I didn't die from having all this emotion come up in the presence of another person, Right. I didn't, you know, I survived whatever I feared about feeling that emotional pain and having it come up and having it processed and seen and and worked through with with a, the help of professionals. Um, so, but did I want to go ever? No, because I, every time my ego would want to resist having to process that pain. Right. And not every time that I went to my therapist did I cry, but a lot a lot of the times in the beginning I did because I was still just very new to that type of work, you know, the depth of it. So I'd done a lot of personal development, but trying to get into the roots, you know, going to family of origin and doing really therapeutic work. Uh, yeah. So I, I the reason I bring that up is that I hope people who have interests who are listening don't let that stop them. Can I ask a question? Yeah. You ever lie to your therapist to try Have and I avoid? Have I ever lied to my therapist? I don't yeah, think like so. Yeah, to like try, to try and avoid sharing something that you're not like, I'm not ready to talk about this I yet, probably so avoided saying things. Like what yeah. I would have done was I would have thought something that might be relevant to share, but I was too afraid to share it. But then I think for the most part with Carol, where I was at then, I, I got 
I eventually got everything out. But yeah, there were some things that I didn't share straight away because I was embarrassed or you know what I mean? But it took me some time to build trust with her, which is normal, which is totally normal, which I experience also with life coaching as the person in the role of professional is that it takes time to build that relational trust and I wouldn't have it any other way because whether someone trusts me from whatever way they've been connected to me, it's it's all good. If someone does and can share right away, that's that's fine. It's just okay if they can't. I find it very interesting to observe myself. I, I try to be a good objective observer of my own behavior. I think that's yeah. probably the, the, the goal. Like the big goal is to actually be objectively observing ourselves and rather than being subjectively stuck inside without being able to see the way we're acting from an external point of view. And when I've caught myself avoiding or not sharing or like holding something back from the person that I'm supposed to be sharing with because they're the ones that are going to help me to deal with it. Totally. <laughs> like, like that's the thing. It's like, oh, fuck. That means that's the thing I have to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's and, it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> That's the same thing with the psychedelic therapy experience is like, if there's something you're avoiding, that's the thing that you're supposed to be thinking about, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't want to be thinking about that because that bothers me. Okay, well, that's the problem, you know? Oh, so tough. So tough. All of it is good work and it's all part of the path, my friends. Uh, I'm glad we talked about that. I'm glad that came came up in this session because I don't know why, I just feel like it, it could be a really beautiful, beautiful, powerful opportunity for so many. I mean, the last thing I'm going to share. Of course. The last thing I'm going to share, super, super simple, but was the total frozen pizza kick, full on frozen pizzas, full week, full week of frozen pizzas, like bad, then full week of pasta all, all week, like bad. I had to totally... So recognizing my bad cycles, <laughs> I was like, and listen, I'm giving myself slack. I'm not being harsh on myself. I'm being gentle with myself and acknowledging where that could be a bad rabbit hole. So I interrupted my food choices and I'm now doing this really strict sort of ketogenic diet because I do well with certain structures. And so taking it back to your point, like, with eating, I can go down the rabbit hole of eating like shit so easily. <laughs> Jay's raising his hand. I'm super like embarrassedly raising my like hide my face and raise my hand like yeah that's me. I can oh, do that too. It's so <laughs> me. Oh and God. so I'm like okay I need to and I want to interrupt this cycle. So that's another example of just something we can see more readily as a cycle that might not be ideal you know and then when it comes to the therapeutic stuff look at those emotional cycles that if you really stepped back and and acknowledge to yourself this is a cycle that's not necessarily ideal if i let it continue that might be you know just again opening our eyes to those opportunities in this experience Absolutely. yeah anything else to close out this episode my dear uh, yeah, just, you know, the usual, if you are needing extra support or wanting community, obviously, there's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff online. 
but you are welcome to join the Trust the Journey family for real. We, What's unique about the Trust the Journey family is that it has an emotional depth that other groups may not have by design. And so just know that that type of group actually exists. And so that's the type of group that we facilitate and make sort of culturally possible there. And so anyway, like I'm a part of lots of entrepreneur groups and other stuff, and those are great. They're just not at a depth of emotional support as what I've seen in the family. And so that's why I say if you really are looking for some kind of, of deeper connecting, feel free to join us. So find us online, trustthejourney.today, and all of that good stuff. I guess I'll just echo that that um, that space within the family is really an echo of our mission. It is. Of what we what this Trust the Journey project is about, living, laughing, loving, learning together, creating conscious connections, growing and contributing, practice of openness, practice of honesty, practice of vulnerability, humility, and of course the final piece in there trust right in trusting that doing all those things is going to result in a positive response from the other people involved in also doing those things and that's the descriptive nature of the culture that i think best sums it up so 100 well, as we stated before we've invited anybody who wants to join to join for free at this time during this challenged period in all of our lives so just reach out to us on direct message on instagram or to anyone else personally and we'll get you in the group amen team as always keep laughing <laughs> keep loving and keep trusting the journey we love you we love you